Hello guys, uh, welcome to the podcast Make It Stack. Uh, I am your host, Will Waterhouse, and I'm also co-hosted by Joe Waterhouse, my brother. Hey guys, what's up? Yeah, so uh, this is uh, episode number three. Um, I, I kind of feel like we've been on a monumental journey already. Uh, you know, it's the it's the podcasting life and it's, uh, it cheeses you, but uh, no, it's been good fun so far. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, thank, thanks for tuning in uh, again, guys. Um so yeah, so how, how's everything been with uh, with you, Joe, with your with your investments and uh, yeah, and invest- your portfolio? Investments is going pretty well actually. Um, yeah, so I mean, this week's been a good week in terms of um, pretty much across the board on on the investments that I've got. Going, you know, some sweet sweet upticks. Um, I've had no allocation, no additional allocations this week, except um, you yeah, were thinking you were, you were you were dilly dallying with Spotify, weren't you? Yeah, JD Weatherspoons and Spotify. They were the two that I was considering. Um, and actually, maybe another one. No, 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 those are the two that I'm kind of thinking about. But um, Weatherspoons, maybe less so. Spotify, a bit more so, which is something that potentially we're going to touch on this this pod. I'm going to talk about it. Nice. But yeah, no, it's been good, good, good stuff. To be fair, BlackRock Consensus, which makes up a fat chunk of my portfolio, has done pretty well. Um, so that's been sort of kicking along nicely. Um, so, yeah, that, that's really good. That I mean, um, I think like the past couple of weeks, um, like equity markets have kind of rallied a bit, yeah. and like I've certainly seen a lot of the sort of big tech has just gone from strength to strength. Yeah. Um, like I've got Tesla shares, and um, I think some good news was uh, brought to the market in the sense that they've paired with a German pharmaceutical company yeah uh, to help produce uh some apparatus for a vaccine um which i think is really interesting um and then they also exceeded analyst expectations on the amount of cars produced in q2 so yeah. um or q1 but but yeah so the, so the share price jumped up to 1200 dollars, which is I mean, pretty I, remarkable really yeah, i think we spoke about tesla last time and um maybe we didn't touch on it that much but I feel like it's almost one of those stocks that, I mean, it's really expensive, but it just almost feels like it's just getting more and more expensive. And it's kind of like <laughs> Amazon. Like, I remember Katie, my girlfriend's sis- sister's fiance, um, okay. say at Christmas, he was just like, he was, like, he was talking about thinking about getting into Amazon, but he was, th- he was saying, oh, I think it's probably too late. And it's like, if you bought Amazon at Christmas, you've, I don't know, doubled your money or whatever. I don't know, done, you've done incredibly well. Yeah. And it's like, it's, that's so funny. It's just like, I'm going to bring it up next time I see but- it and say... I think, I mean, I'm not sure if we've actually touched on this in the podcast before, but um, I think there's this weird human behavioral bias, which which basically goes like this. So you, there's a stock that's doing well and it's trading almost all-time highs. Yeah. And as a result, you feel uninclined to buy 100%. shares in the stock because you're like, well, it's it, it's going into uncharted territory. But if you think about it, if a stock rises in value, it's going to be reaching all-time highs. So so like I... I personally think yes on the one hand you need to have a point of entry uh, like yeah. uh, like a sensible valuation but you've also got to think that if, if if a business is going from strength to strength the share price will tend to reflect that um especially if it's a well-publicized well-researched company like I mean, tesla is Tesla's just a hype stock that's kind of what it, that's kind of i mean it's, it's underlying thing is good and the business is good but 
Um, well, that's the nice impression I get, but it is a hype stock. Yep. And uh, like uh, Mark Baum, who, you know, big short, absolute weapon, um, he's, he was short Tesla. He's cut his losses now, I think, since, but he was short Tesla for a period of time. I think he just got squeezed out because he was going up and he was just saying that it's impossible to short a hype stock because everyone's on it and everyone mm. thinks it's going to go through the roof and it has gone through it, the roof. It's quite interesting, actually, because if you think about Tesla, um, on like the institutional side, you've got... Um, hedge funds, you know, like Mark Baum, who are shorting it. But then you've got, you know, fund managers who have a 10% allocation. So Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust, which which, which I think we're both in, yeah, uh, which is managed by uh, Bailey Gifford based in Edinburgh. 10% of the portfolio is Tesla. So that, that that's a really interesting thing because you've got professional investors that that have completely polar opposite opinions of the same thing. And it just goes to show, like, mm-hmm. no matter how much quantitative data you can get your hands on and all the resources in the world you can still come to drastically different conclusions because they have really different conclusions one's like go long the other's like nah it's fucking getting it to zero go yeah, short sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I just thought I'll uh, I'll quickly go through my portfolio yeah just to like give the viewers some context so um, I, I'm in Smithson Investment Trust which again um, I participated back in the IPO a couple of years ago that that's now forty nine percent. So what's the what's the constituent parts of that? Uh, what's cons- like just a like a, a massive over oversight of what it is. Yeah. So uh, top ten holdings. Uh, so it's, it's like very sectors. Sectors. Okay. So um, pretty heavily focused on uh, technology and healthcare. Yeah. Uh, which I think is interesting, and and the the, the good performance of, of this investment trust post COVID kind of makes sense because. As we said, big text and pretty well, yeah. Because that that's you know that that can still operate with 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 a virus and a pandemic, and again, obviously, healthcare is doing well as well because there's going to be strain on um, on pharmaceutical companies to you know uh, produce certain things and hot and hospitals to yeah. to treat patients. So that that's done really well. Um, so another interesting one, uh, Ocado, yeah, that that's now touched sort of twenty twenty pound a share. So I've bought sort of four or five tranches of that particular stock over the last 12 months, but that's now 35%, which I've done, done pretty well, especially um, since COVID where people are more inclined to um, order, order home deliveries, especially old people yeah. who, who might be in a vulnerable category. My, my thing, the thing is with Ocado is it's sort of interesting looking at Ocado because they produce, they deliver on a similar sort of, um, you know, product to Waitrose, Tesco, Asda, etc. And um, I feel like they're performing better than the kind of overall market, which is quite interesting. And it's... Well, the, the key differentiator of Ricardo is that they don't actually have any supermarkets. So they don't have uh, real estate where customers walk around and buy stuff. It's, it's all done through robotics yeah, like, and th- where, well, warehouse it's just, distribution it's just, industrious, it's just industrial units, yeah. which are just stacked full of kit, which they... Yeah, fulfill. Yeah, but that's interesting because I almost, I almost feel like that. Therefore, I don't know the performance of um, the other publicly listed supermarkets over COVID. I actually don't know. It'd be interesting to could you pull that up. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, because I've got a feeling that they won't have performed as well. And is is it the market deeming Ocado and treating it more like a Silicon Valley techie firm, mm. and so the uptick's bigger just because of that's the kind of where it is. Well, I mean, say, for example, take Morrison Supermarkets. That's FTSE 100 listed since start of the year. 
Um, it's, it's, well, it's down year to day, so it was probably trading at about two pound a share. The start of twenty twenty, it's now one eighty five. So is that what twenty percent year to date something? Um, more more than that, more than that. Yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty sure it's. it's I reckon it's gone up by so, like thirty percent. And and so I, I don't know that that to me is quite interesting. It's like yeah, fuck, that's a massive uptick. Yeah, uh, twelve. It was trading at um, start of the year about twelve pound fifty, and it's now gone up to 20 yeah. 20 pounds so, so yeah I think that's pretty the big market uptick. treating Ocado like a tech firm rather than like a, a, um, a food wholesaler retail place mm. which is interesting because it's mm. you know the only differentiator is that it doesn't have physical locations that's actually a really good point because yeah i guess long-term demand for Ocado or supermarkets in general will just be will be population and the amount of the amount of money that people spend on their weekly shop that'll be like the large driver revenue one last thing on yeah. this comparison is compare the price earnings of Ocado versus morrison's <laughs> well that's an interesting one so on the platform i'm using which is hargreaves lansdowne it's saying it's got a p ratio of not applicable oh, right. <laughs> so i think that might be because um it's still yet to make a profit um like uh, it's, it's it's very heavily investing in this future i think there was actually a uh it was it sought one billion pounds uh of equity finance earlier in the year was it the second release stock thing yeah so so basically i think certain um institutions were were given the opportunity to provide um sort of finance finance to ocado yeah uh, and i think that was all part of their sort of plans to um you know really capitalize on the current environment um so yeah it, it, it is interesting but yeah uh, uh yeah because i read an article talking about amazon and it was it was kind of like Talking about Jeff Bears, who's just just got 170 billion net worth valuation, essentially, which is just you know nuts. Um, mm. It's quite funny. Sandy messaged me. My friend messaged me and said uh, um, it's kind of it's it, it kind of a it's kind of a Mickey take of the you know the meme, which is like feel like pure shit want her back, and he was just like feel like pure shit want uh, when you know when Bill Gates and Warren Buffett were the two top dogs with 50 billion net worth, and now there's Jeff just like freaking trouncing everyone. It's quite funny. Yeah, um, crazy. But he was saying it was like the. It, the, the 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 epidemic has helped them but it was it was like an, a really necessary like it's kind of like it was an essential thing to happen for them not necessarily essential but it's like really prepared, yeah because it's like everyone's at home people are like people are buying more and more stuff online and um we have couriers coming to the house all the time we're always asking if they're busy and every time they're like oh buddy this is just like so much busier than christmas and like christmas mm. is usually when like royal mail dpd are swamped and they're swamped now so it's like Everything's online, and Jeff Bez is just capitalizing. He's an absolute machine. Yeah, I mean, he, he kind of he kind of went from like the the late nineties, being like, "Yeah, let's sell secondhand books online to twenty twenty. Let's just sell everything I want. Yeah, <laughs> and let's do whatever the f-. like." He bought the Amazon had bought the naming rights to a a really big uh, baseball arena, I think baseball or uh, basketball or American football, and instead of calling it like the Amazon Arena, they called it like the Climate Change Arena. And like Jeff Bezos is just like, yeah, we bought the name rights and called it after something that like needs more attention. It's just like, yeah. he doesn't give a fuck. He'll just do whatever the hell he wants. I mean, it's good. It's a good PR, but it's just like, he's just an absolute machine and he's single. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw a photo actually on Instagram of Jeff Bezos hanging out with like Carly Kloss, who's like a supermodel. Um, the ex-CEO of Goldman Sachs just on this boat and like this. And he's just like, mate, you'll be fucking bawling out. I mean, it's so funny. But yeah. So anyway. Yeah. It's good. And, and I had another statistic. 52% of online purchases in the US are made through Amazon. Wow. Yeah. That's a that's a very big number. 
that's like one in every two things bought is through Amazon online in the US. It's like no wonder they're one and a half trillion dollar company, whatever they are now. Yeah, it's more than that. They're, I think they're, they're the fourth biggest company in the world. Sounds sounds about right. I would, I wouldn't know who the the other by market top. cap. Maybe not Apple. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, sidetrack there. <laughs> yeah. Supermarkets and how Ocado is being treated as a tech company rather than a. Um, yeah, well, I mean, um, I, I've just uh, pulled up some data for Morrison's, and that's currently got a P ratio of, of 12, which, uh, in my opinion, sort of puts it into the value bucket of companies with depressed price earnings. Yeah. Um, you know, that that is definitely below the average P ratio of, of the index that it sits in, which is the FTSE. Right, um, yeah, yeah. But again, you know, like, P ratios aren't really a forward-looking variable. So, so maybe investors are pricing in the fact that that uh, earnings are going to go down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just 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 one to ponder, really. Um, I, for me personally, I wouldn't touch um, Morrison's with the, with a barge policy. It seems to have sort of um, stagnated quite a lot over the over, over recent years, and, and I feel like supermarket competition in the traditional sense is is quite fierce. So, yeah, um, true. But uh, let's think about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, Jay, you, you were mentioning uh, yesterday that uh, you were looking to buy uh, Spotify yeah. shares. Uh, w- would you be able to give me the sort of analyst, the dummy analyst lowdown? Yeah. So buy, 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 sell, hold with Jay Waterhouse. <laughs> buy, sell, hold with Jay Waterhouse. We can make that into a segment. And um, <laughs> yeah, so my my take on Spotify is this is kind of a, a really slow reaction to what's happened with Joe Rogan and Kim Kardashian who both signed licensing deals with Spotify. And that to me is Spotify putting their putting their flagpole down and saying, look, we are going to be the podcast provider. And so it's like, cool, okay. And then you look at the podcast listeners over the past number of years and it's going up and up and up at a pretty high rate. Um, they've also got um, an interesting business model. So they've got two segments of the business, one of which is paid per month one of which is free, but you get advertisers. So which is which is interesting because that's a model which is used by, I guess, YouTube, but YouTube hasn't really put its thing in the flagpole down saying that we're going to be a podcast provider or, or particularly a music platform um, and also Apple Music, who you've got to pay for. So it's like, that's interesting. They've got 130 odd million uh, unpaid listeners and they're leveraging the the tech behind their advertising platform so you can target people more easily. Okay. So that to me is really exciting. We have the Facebook functionality of targeting people into long-form content so you can put your ads in front of the right people. And then, so to me, that looks like they want to be... And also, just another thing about podcasting is that it's so spread out across a load of platforms. So you've got people putting out content on YouTube, um, Spotify, Apple... Uh, and there's a few others as well that people are consuming on, but Spotify have you know taken the top top daddy in podcasting and just said, come over to our platform, we'll pay you a hundred million dollars. That's a commitment from us to be the podcast guys. Mm. And so to me, that's exciting because they podcasting is an increasing medium, that, and also they are saying we're going to be the podcast guys. So they're going to be like the Netflix of um, podcasts, which will also potentially translate from users moving across the, the, to listen to their favorites creator so like joe rogan gets something mm. like 120 million downloads a month so that's like a shit ton of people listening to his stuff um and so it's like and uh, and then more more to that i don't think brand loyalty so i don't think people are particularly loyal to apple music or spotify or um i guess those are the main two really 
Yeah, I think there's, well, there's, there's Anchor, which is a, a small, small one. Yeah, I think. I think Anchor just facilitates... How does it? Facilitates putting it onto all the platforms. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it's quite exciting looking forward to Spotify because I think the market conditions lend itself to, um, yeah, them doing really well. And I, I also think that people... I don't know, uh, uh, Gary Vee, a guy that I listen to on YouTube, was saying that um, there's an appetite from people to move away from Apple because that's kind of like the incumbent establishment and people are like, which I kind of get. And so, because for me, I'm on Apple Music now, but when I buy Spotify, I'm going to move to Spotify because, you know. And and, and I guess um, potentially, you know, Apple have fingers in more pie, so to speak, whereas Spotify have kind of nailed their colours to the mass and be like, we're just music and, um, and, and, and podcasts. So like yeah. sort of like list, listening entertainment yeah. kind of thing. And, um, so that they might they might be more specialised and provide a better service. Yeah. And I think the other thing with Apple is that Apple have had this um, amazing situation where they produce the hardware and the software, and so they've been able to basically push their own agenda kind of thing. So they produce a um, a Mac which has Apple Music pre-installed, and so you kind of you're already in that ecosystem, hmm. um, which is interesting. And I don't think that's going to change. But I know the EU. Have, um, have filed like an antitrust uh, investigation into Apple for the way they, they're promoting apps on the App Store. And they're already taking 30% of royalties from the App Store um, and, you know, crushing people that are offering outside of the outside of their platform purchases so that to, to circumnavigate the 30% charge. So anyway, it's super, it's super interesting. I think Apple's going to have a bit of a tough time with antitrust and monop- monopoly situations and... Uh, um, which I think is potentially no bad thing, but that might lend itself to Spotify again doing super well. But I mean, it has yeah. it has jumped up seven or eight ten percent on oh, Joe Rogan's licensing deal. So it's you know, really yeah. something that I think pretty passionate that I feel could you know. Yeah, I mean, it's well. it's so interesting. I mean, like you kind of look at the the different charts of, diff- of different stocks and kind of COVID has barely even put a dent in Spotify share price. I mean, it kind of dipped from like. One pound fifty to probably around like the one pound ten mark, which I guess is like sizable but not not huge, yeah. and and it's now jumped up to um, two hundred seventy dollars. So yeah, it's gone from one hundred fifty dollars to two hundred seventy dollars year to date, mm. which is just crazy, 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 crazy gains. I think um, they lost. I think they lost revenue. I think there was a dip in revenue. Was it? Or paid, paid subscribers over COVID. I seem to remember reading in the news article this morning, but. Yeah, I don't know. Something to watch. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy in. I'm gonna buy three shares of Spotify. That's what, and we'll see how that plays out in the next few, you know, years, years and months, etc. But yeah, I'm quite. I'm quite bullish on Spotify. I think it's. I think it's an interesting. Except I had a look at some analysts, and um, they're not. They're not quite on it. But you know, fuck them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, I don't know. Something to watch. But that's my that's gonna be my allocation next week. Great stuff. Well, yeah, I'm I'm sure we'll be able to uh, touch base on the performance in, in future episodes. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. See how it goes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, do, do you wanna do you wanna go through the thought piece on lifetime ices? Do you think, do you think that's a good shout? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Um. So like we're talking about the sort of agenda for the for this podcast and. Uh, 
Joe doesn't have a life to master himself, so I guess this could be almost like a kind of like a some of this pen moment. Some of this pen moment, exactly. Well, I mean, I I just think it it would be good for young UK based investors because this is kind of who we're really targeting, really. Yeah. Um. So I just kind of give you my two cents on it, and you, you can sort of comment as you want. But essentially, a lifetime ISA is a um, a tax efficient wrapper whereby an investor can put in up to four thousand pounds a tax year um, into into this wrapper and mm. they receive a government bonus of 25% on the value that they put in. So for example, if you put in £4,000 this tax year, you'll receive uh, £1,000 from the government that's then put into that, um, that, that ISA wrapper. So you'll end up with £5,000 mm. and um, you can actually invest um, that money into the stock market so, um, what the lifetime ISA is is so that, does that four K have to be in for a year? So yeah, so basically, just to take a step back, the the lifetime ISA is basically geared towards people saving to buy their first house. Right. So if you're between the ages of um, eighteen and thirty nine, I believe you can put f- up to four thousand pounds a year currently into this wrapper um, if you're saving to buy your first house. So if if you um, if you're not in the position, well, say, say say you didn't receive a house and in inheritance, for example, and and you, you know you've never owned a house, you can save up for this product and you're eligible to to, to use the lifetime ISA to uh, buy the house. Um, and it's just yeah, it's just a really interesting thing that like I've got on myself. Um, and yeah, it's just you get twenty five percent government bonus. And, and you can invest the, the cash into the stock market. So it's a really good way of kind of turbocharging your, your capital. Yeah. Um, and um, the, there is a catch, though, whereby if you want to withdraw the money, um, not for a house, not for an eligible house purchase, um, there's a 25% penalty. So say you, say you had £4,000 in the lifetime ice and then you got the £1,000 government bonus. You got five thousand pounds, but if you want to withdraw of it, there's a twenty five percent charge, which is twelve hundred and fifty pounds. So in that sense, you'd you'd lose yeah. uh, part of the money you actually put in. So it's it's not, there there is a catch you have got to be made aware of. Um, just as a quick side note, actually, because of COVID nineteen, the government have actually um, scrapped the, uh, the, the 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 penalty um, for withdrawing the money. Oh no, sorry. The, the government has said that um, for the, for this tax year, you can actually withdraw the money if you're not buying a house because a lot of young people have have been sort of under the cosh, yeah, uh, especially if their like financial security's been hit if they've say lost their job. Yeah, interesting. Um, but that's kind of that's kind of how a lifetime ISA works it, it, in in a nutshell, really. So it's only to buy a house. So you can use it as like a pension in, in later life. So but so you put four k in. Does it need to be in for a year? So, so it, it says it says it's you put it in the lifetime ISA, and it's in there until either you buy a house and use the money. Oh, which um, is the government and kickback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you so, can't you can't take the thousand pounds and just essentially leverage your stock market position using it. Well, you, you can't you can leverage your position using the bonus, but ultimately the money can only be used to buy a house or in retirement. Yeah, but no, what I'm saying is that if you put four thousand pounds in today. Yeah. Are you gonna have five thousand pounds available without balance to then invest, or is yes, it, yeah, yeah, cool. So it's, yeah. yeah, so it's not 
you've got over a period of time you've got twenty thousand pounds in and the government and then you're like oh cool want to buy a house and the government kick back yeah yeah so it's, it's not like that so yeah it is a way of like leveraging your position yeah um to so buy a house is to, only there. to buy a house and and also another sort of key um point to, to realize is the, the value of the house that you buy has to be worth less than four hundred and fifty thousand pounds so mm. if say you're looking to buy a house that was worth half a million that wouldn't be eligible for the lifetime isa and so you you couldn't you couldn't use the bonus in, in that case yeah. so well, that that's you could buy a house and live in the house blah, blah blah and then i could leverage my lifetime ice position buy it off you and it could be like an investment vehicle <laughs> keep the money in the system <laughs> no uh oh, probably to probably to go away and think about that in a bit more detail jen and yeah, come I'm, back to me i'm not quite sure that's totally above board but yeah uh, that's interesting it's quite yeah that's quite sensible investing isn't it but yeah it's, Sort of like, yeah. But I mean, it's kind of my, 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 it sort of all goes back to what we talked about last episode with kind of your sort of m- monthly monthly cash flows and your um, investment objectives. Like if you know for sure that you, you're going to buy a house that's worth 450,000 um, and you're elig- and you're, or less and you're eligible to use the lifetime ISA uh, and you know that if you put money in, there's a very likely chance that you won't need to withdraw that at short notice. It kind of makes sense as a product. Yes, yeah, so um, semi, semi-specific, um, but you just got to generate more alpha than the twenty-five percent. But that's quite difficult, isn't it? <laughs> well, no, because you, you get you get twenty-five percent government bonus, and then you can invest it. So yeah, you could you, you could, you know, potentially do do really really well. So like, let, actually, you know, let's let's just do an example. So, let's say you put in a, th- a thousand pounds. Yeah, you get the government bonus twenty-five percent. So twelve fifty, and then let's say you do really well and get ten percent a year. So after the first year, you'll have thirteen hundred and seventy-five pounds, right? From one k, so that's like a thirty-seven and a half percent return on investment. Which is pretty good. Whereas if you just put a thousand pounds in the stocks and shares, ISA, which is what you got at the moment, mm-hmm. that's eleven hundred at the end. So so that's ten percent. So ten percent versus thirty-seven and a half. So yeah. it's quite it's quite it's quite an you interesting the fact though that first of all, there's a penalty withdrawal. Yep. Um, and secondly. There, the cash can only be used for one specific purpose, or in, or in your retirement. And if you're listening to this and you're like 25, then you're probably not really thinking about that yet, are you? I think it'd be quite boring. Well, not boring, but like I don't know. Yeah, that's that's been an interesting product. Interesting product. I guess you've got to really know where you're going to be. Maybe not even that. Maybe you should really be a sensible dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting. So that, yeah, that, that that was just that was just kind of my thoughts on on the lifetime ISA um, because I feel like a lot of people might not be aware of these products. Um, uh, yeah. You know, they might think of an ISA and be like, "Oh yeah, let's get a cash ISA or a stocks and shares ISA," and they yeah. might they might sort of not quite realise that they can actually get a gimme from the government, um, assuming that they go ahead and execute yeah. that strategy. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's true, isn't it? You need to. Because a house deposit is going to be on 450k, is going to be, I don't know, 10%, whatever. So that's 45k. So if you're putting 4k, yeah, that's like, you know. I don't know, but let's say, let's say you do it for five years, you've got some inheritance. Say, so you, you put 20k in. Is that right? Yeah. Well, you can only put 4k in per tax year into the yeah, lifetime. Yeah, you, you're doing it for you, a sort of. Do that over five years. Five years. Yeah. And that gives you a pretty healthy leg up of five thousand pounds, which is essentially another year for free over a five year period. Yeah. So you know, 
that cuts your time saving up for that house deposit down by like 20%, which is worth doing. It is worth doing, isn't it? And that'd be it, wouldn't it? That'd be the, that'd be the really useful, is, is having a chunk of inheritance as well as you saving, as well as the government bonus. And like the and, three, and good investment returns. And good investment returns, the three coming together, you know, get on the property line in five years. If you've yeah. you know, got a job that can fulfill the mortgage ETC. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Cool. That was a very pod. Yeah, that was, that, was, that, was, that was enjoyable, yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Thank you. Well, th- thanks for tuning in, team. Um, hopefully the audio wasn't too bad. I think we're probably going to have to pull the trigger on a new sound card, um, possibly. Yeah, we'll see, see how this pans out. Yeah, and then, um, yeah. So we'll get another one sorted next week and we'll just keep keep rolling with it. Sounds good, Joe. Great. All right, guys. Well, um, as, as we said, uh, we'll try and do weekly episodes, so uh, stay tuned. Yeah. And uh, take care. Cheers.